Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Know, Like, and Trust show. Today, I think I just said trash. Oh, gosh, we are starting off rough, you guys. But today we are going to be talking about best performing subject lines or ways that you can revamp your email subject writing strategy. And yeah, there is some strategy here. We're going to go into all of that in just a minute. But I want to tell you guys a little bit first about why we're talking about this. I believe that no series on email is complete without talking about the gatekeeper, and that is subject lines. If you want people to read your emails, subject lines are going to be the number one thing that you can do right now, right now, to change your open rates. Now, with industry average open rates around 20% or so, making better subject lines is the first thing you can do to boost that number. And and while 20% is like, you know, leagues better than the 1% viewership that an average social media post gets, there is still room for improvement. If you're not, however, an email person, don't click off because most of these tips are 100% applicable to social media post hooks, headlines, and more. So the way we're going to do this show today is that first I'm going to go over some kind of basic email subject line rules, and then I'm going to cover a few of my personal best performing subjects as referenced by spikes in my open rates. Now, remember, knowing your benchmarks means that even if the open rate reporting isn't accurate as a whole, you can still see your trends and note your valleys and spikes. For more on this, flip back to episode 183 on benchmarks. All right, there are some basic subject line rules that seem to be universal across all email service providers. And they are using no spam words or phrases like earn more money or lowest price or while supplies last or or anything that includes scams or gimmicks. Um, other words, things like investment, luxury, income, and certainly don't include the word Viagra in your subject line. It's a surefire way to end up in the, the junk folder, right? You also want to make sure your entire subject line is not in all caps, and you do want to capitalize the first letter, sometimes even the first letter of each one of the words. So those are kind of some like email service provider gotchas that are across the board. But there are some generally good subject lines as well. So here is Brittany's guide to writing better email subject lines. These are not ESP defined, meaning it's not your email service provider like ActiveCampaign or, or ConvertKit that is defining rules. These are just kind of good marketing rules in general that are applied to your subject lines. So if you follow any one of these too often, it will feel gimmicky. So the key here is mixing it up and having a variety of engaging subject lines that hook your reader in and give them a reason to want to read more. Now, most of what I do here I originally learned from Ben Settle back in the day, although I've definitely heard most of these taught by others along the way as well. So you're going to probably see a, a mix and match of different um, methods here. And if some of them sound familiar, great, keep on using them. If some of them are completely new to you, now is a good time to kind of incorporate them slowly into your strategy, right? So the first of these is invoke curiosity. This one is my favorite. And if I had to do anything just like, and that's it, the rest of all eternity, this would be the one. You want to give your audience a reason to keep reading. You want to give them a reason to actually click on the email instead of click on the delete button. Uh, and that reason sometimes might simply be, 
how could Brittany possibly tie this into a marketing email? If that is enough to get you to open my email, I am okay with it. The next one is using the word you, like Y-O-U in the subject line. Alternatively, you can also use their first name if it's appropriate. Another one would be mentioning a celebrity's name, especially if they're currently in the news. Be sure, of course, that there's relevance here to your email message. Don't just throw the name Lindsay Lohan in a subject line and expect it to work. You need to tie it into the story in your email or, or what you're selling or what you're talking about and teaching. You can also, in this one, use a play on TV characters' names, movie titles, song lyrics. I use the song lyric one far more than actual celebrity names, for example. Another one would be doing something shocking. Now, not just for the sake of saying something shocking. We're not playing the hyperbolic news media 24-hour coverage game here. We are not going for the shock and awe. We're simply saying something to kind of snap people out of their afternoon dusk slump after lunch, right? Uh, another one is doing it listicle style. You know, like three reasons to this or seven ways to that. More here, alliteration. Feeling feisty, anyone? I love using alliteration. It's an age-old writing technique and it's not taught very well anymore. And that, friends, is why it works. Puns. Yes, another writing technique. You probably guys aren't surprised since I really enjoy writing, right? Playing on popular cliches also goes along with puns. For example, when I send an email out about this podcast episode, I'll probably title it something like Hook, Line, and Thinker because it's super cute and it's a play on the hook, line, and sinker idea. And that right there is just punny enough to get people to open the email, at least sometimes. And then finally, another like good kind of rule of thumb type situation would be to sum up your authority arguments. If you don't know what I mean by that, flip way back to episode 63. I did a whole episode on how to craft an authority opinion, i.e. say something that a lot of people in your niche are not saying and be willing to back it up. So you can sum up that authority argument in your subject line. If it's slightly controversial, you'll get people clicking. So out of all of these kind of rule of thumb guide to writing email subject line ideas, if I had to sum them up, it is all about using your personality. Inject personality, include cultural references that you enjoy if your best client will also enjoy them. Now, you're not going to bat a thousand here. And if you send me an email with a Game of Thrones reference, I won't get it. But that's okay. It will work for a lot of people. When it doesn't work, though, you want to take note. Case in point, I just did an Instagram story yesterday with my 10-year-old. We had just left a family spin class, and my son, he's a little competitive. He loves sitting right next to the instructor in this class. And Herb, who I love dearly, he's a wonderful instructor, he leaned over and referenced Finn, kind of said like, hey, Goose, how are we doing here? And Finn did not get it because, surprise, surprise, the 10-year-old has not seen Top Gun and doesn't understand Goose as a co-pilot reference. So... You know, when you throw those cultural references out there, make sure that there's a good chance your best clients heard of them at least. I'm never offended when I see a Game of Thrones reference out there because I made an active choice not to watch the show, but it doesn't offend me when people use it. I just don't always get it all the way. All right, so now here's part two of this episode. That is best performing subject lines from my own business. Yes, I am going to go over a handful of my own personal best performing email subjects. And while you could technically copy them out, right, most of them wouldn't make sense for you as they reference my life, my lived experience. So my hope is that you can learn from this in a case study kind of way. 
So number one is the Argle Bargle license plate. Now that is R-G-L-B-R-G-L for reference there. This was the first subject line of a non-transactional email, meaning not an email that said, hey, you just bought my course. Here's your receipt, right? Um, so this is the first non-transactional email that got me more than a 35% open rate ever, or at least as far as I know. I didn't always track this stuff, so since I've been paying attention. In the email, I referenced how a coach asked a question in her Facebook group about what your first email address was, and mine was argobargle at yahoo.com. Now, don't go emailing me over there. I don't have access to it anymore. It's like ages old. I think I started it when I was 14, and I'm much older than that today. But that was my first one. And then I tell a quick version about why that was my first email address. And that led into a soft pitch for my biz GPS marketing intensive. This subject line is kind of bizarre, a little shocking, and it definitely uses curiosity to hook the reader into the story. As I mentioned previously, curiosity is one of my favorite methods to use for subject lines. All right, the second one was, how many vitamins do you take exactly? This subject line is from my welcome sequence, and last year it averaged a 62% open rate. Yes, you guys heard me, a whopping 62%. Why? I employed two tactics here. I both asked a question, which humans are hardwired to want to answer, and I used the word you in the subject. The third one is the 9.28 p.m. message. And for listener reference there, I actually didn't even capitalize the word the. It was just all lowercase, the 9.28 p.m. message. This one had a 59% open rate in the last three months because I did first send it at the end of, the, of last year or, or maybe the beginning of this year. And then I did later put it into my nurture sequence. So in this email, I talked about getting a client message at 9.28 p.m. and then a complaint from the same client that I hadn't yet responded by 10 a.m. the next day. Uh, now the email talked about boundaries. I have really clear boundaries and my clients know I don't generally work on Fridays since it's my big homeschool day with my 10 year old. So the fact that I hadn't responded by 10 a.m. the next day, you know, a whopping two business hours after receiving it on a Friday wasn't super surprising. Now the open rate for this one was so high because it invoked a ton of curiosity. Who could be messaging her so late in the evening? And while the subject line didn't actually do this part, the email content subtly reinforced my clear boundaries with potential clients too. So anyone who comes to me off my nurture campaign will probably never complain to me at 10 a.m. on a Friday that I haven't answered her message from so late the night before. So that one did a, a really good double duty and still had a very high open rate, which is fantastic. The fourth one was, can we talk about Elizabeth Holmes? Now, this email was sent out the same week that her trial verdict came in, and it saw a 33% open rate. It was not from my nurture sequence or any of my automated sequence. It was one that I manually sent out to my list. And it is the most recent example I have of nabbing something from the news with a quasi-celebrity at that. And actually, now that the dropout is out on Hulu, referencing the whole Elizabeth Holmes story... If I wanted to reuse this email, I would probably throw in Amanda Seyfried's name in there since she's a bit more of a celebrity than Elizabeth Holmes is. And then the final one that I'm going to reference here is one of my favorites. And here's the subject line. It says, that orgasm looks good on you. Yes, friends, I used the word orgasm in a subject line. Awful. I know, right? I've used the same email, though, for coming up on about two years. I keep it really early in my nurture sequence because it does two things for me. 
as you might suspect, it gets the prudes on my list to unsubscribe early, therefore keeping my email deliverability up. Because if they're not going to get upset about me using the word orgasm, it's probably going to be something else I say. So we may as well remove them from my list early on. And then it also delivers a really memorable message about why knowing your best client matters in every element of your marketing. In this email, I tell a quick story of buying a friend some makeup, blush in this case, without even looking at the color on her skin as I had with all the other makeup. I was able to do this because this particular makeup shade, NARS's Orgasm Blush, looks good on everyone. It's the de facto product of its niche. Just like you'll be the de facto solution for your best clients when you nail your marketing by being relevant to them and meeting their needs. So this email had an average of a 51% open rate last year. And if you noticed for, I went for the shock factor in this subject line, you are right. I totally went for the shock factor here. All right. Five of my own personal subject lines, as well as a good handful of like good email marketing guidelines. I'm hoping that this will help you move forward to think a little more strategically about your subject lines. If you need more help with this, I do help clients write email sequences frequently, and I would love to help you as well. As of the time of this recording, it is the only actual writing I do for clients. I do done-for-you content strategy. I do script guidelines with notes. I do all sorts of done-for-you things, but in terms of actual writing, email sequences are one of the few things I do for my clients. It's because I love it so much. It's because I love how much we see in terms of results for my clients when they have really great email sequences. And if that is something that you need in your business, I would love to help you with that as well. You guys know where to reach me. I will see you guys next week. 